Welcome to the Avatar On Air podcast. My name is Mark Springer, co-founder and CEO of Avatar Nutrition, and I'm your host. We had a lot of really good feedback on our last episode, including some from one of our members, Leslie. Leslie is actually somebody who I went to middle school and high school with, so she has a very good understanding of where exactly it came from and my own personal journey with health and fitness, which is why her question, which is some of the feedback that we got, has to do with what exactly is it that people that work at Avatar do when it comes to their fitness, right? We talk a lot about what we do for nutrition. I mean, obviously we're all counting macros, but what do we do on the exercise side of the equation? And it's a really great question because it brings up so many very important points that everybody needs to consider when you're thinking about what it is that you're doing personally for your exercise. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get it started. So the first point that I want to bring up today is that exercise can often be intimidating, especially if you're somebody who's completely new to it. And something else that you want to think about is that it's going to be uncomfortable too. Even if you're somebody who's more experienced with exercise, the first time that you're getting into it, if you had an extended break, whatever the case may be, when you really start getting back into the swing of things, you're going to be experiencing more than likely a lot of soreness. I mean, there's even people who the first time when you really start training intensely, you might feel sick. This is pretty common and uh, don't feel like you're alone if you're feeling like that. But the good news is after several weeks or even sometimes it could take a couple months, your body starts to acclimate and get used to it, which is kind of the beauty of the whole thing about training. You're just trying to get your body to adapt to the different stresses that you're placing on it. But before I get too much into that, I want to tell you just a couple stories about my own journey getting started in this. So the first thing that I can really remember when it comes to any kind of proper exercise or fitness, whatever you want to call it, goes back to when I was a kid. So sometimes we would visit my grandma's house and uh, later in life, she married this other guy that we called Papaw Mac. Uh, but Papaw Mac was somebody who had some awful gas, right? The kind that would clear out an entire house if it got loose. I mean, we, we called it the green cloud. It was, it was awful. But anyway, if we were staying at Papaw Mac's house, my dad would play this game with us called Run or Die. And so when Papaw Mac would let one out, my dad would be like, oh, it's time to go outside and play Run or Die. And so we'd literally go outside of this house and he would just chase us around in the yard and we'd have to run around the house. And um, I remember as a kid, like I really didn't do anything athletic. I didn't play any peewee sports growing up or anything like that. So having to run and actually run around in the yard, you know, my lungs were burning, my legs would get tired. It just, it was so uncomfortable. I didn't see a point to it. So it's something that was hard to stick to. And obviously it was a long time between being a little kid and the next time that I ever saw any kind of organized physical activity after that. But um, I just remember it was uncomfortable. I didn't like it, but that's common. Most people probably think about exercise that way when they first start looking at it. And the next time that I had any kind of organized activity probably was middle school and high school PE class. And as you can imagine, PE class was kind of rough, especially for somebody who had never really been doing any kind of like proper exercise. I mean, I would build little stick forts and do things outside that weren't exactly physical, you know, playing around on a bike and stuff. But as far as actually exercising and trying to improve, that was never really part of my life. So even just doing your basic calisthenics, so things like push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks. I remember doing sit-ups, I, I would just flop myself up, and it was tough, and my, my, I would call it my stomach at the time, but my stomach would hurt. 
uh, doing push-ups. I couldn't even do a proper push-up. I couldn't do one pull-up. Um, just trying to do a push-up, I, I would go from the knee position and generally just kind of try to slack my way through it. But again, like I just didn't really see it important to exercise and it, it wasn't a part of my life and it wasn't a priority. I was more interested in playing video games at the time. It would have been like PS2 and <laughs> GameCube and stuff like that. I, that was more fun. I never really had a wake-up call or anything to realize that um, exercise was something that was important. But during this time, I was starting to get more and more and more out of shape. I was getting heavier as the years would go on. Uh, my freshman and sophomore year of high school, I had really bad acne that I struggled with. And so you can only imagine as like a freshman, sophomore in high school, you know, you're in the throes of puberty, having really bad acne and being overweight is not good. It's not good for your self-esteem. And I really wasn't comfortable in my own body. And I knew that something had to change. And I've told this story before, but I think it's worth telling again. I had this moment where I was literally hiding in the pantry at my parents' house with um, a little Debbie. It's this thing called a moon pie, which is marshmallow in between two graham crackers all dipped in chocolate. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, what am I going to do with this moon pie? Do I eat it or do I not? And it was just this moment of struggle. But what I ended up doing was running out the back door, slamming the door, running in the backyard, and I slung the moon pie over the fence like a discus. And I was like, something has to change. <laughs> but it was just this crazy experience. And uh, it, it kicked off this whole journey that I got on you know, trying all these different things with, you know, when it comes to exercise and different sports. And it totally ended up changing the course and scope of my life um, by throwing a moon pie over a fence. Um but before we get too much into the running, I want to skip ahead in the timeline a little bit to the first time that I ever tried really lifting weights. And it was at this gym in Bossier City, Louisiana called the Plex. So a little hole in the wall kind of place in a strip mall. And I would go in there and it's my first time like really being exposed to people who are strong, like bodybuilders. Uh, this is before powerlifting was really popular, but people who could move some weight around for sure. Um, I remember seeing somebody who was going to squat 225 pounds, so two plates on each side. And I was like, that's not possible. How could somebody lift that much weight? I, I couldn't even believe it. But sure enough, somebody did. And I was like, all right, so I'm going to try to squat, uh, squat. And I was there with my friend David M. Finger. And so we had put uh, 25 on each side, and I tried to squat with it, went down, couldn't even come back up. Right. And then the next day I was sore. Like I had experienced soreness from weightlifting for the first time. And I just thought it was the craziest thing. But at that point, it was after having lost a bunch of weight through doing track and cross country and just distance and endurance type training. I realized that process was important. I was like, okay, well, if I can start lifting these lighter weights and get good at it over time, I'll be able to lift heavier weights. And sure enough, many years later, that, that proved to be right. But um, just another thing I want to consider as we're wrapping up point one is that exercise, it really can be intimidating and scary when you're trying a new thing. It's probably going to be uncomfortable, but sure enough, you're going to get better at it. So if you're scared, that's all right. It's normal. I was. I, I definitely was. I'd try to avoid it like the plague. I remember um, when I first moved out to Benton, Louisiana, because I grew up just outside of New Orleans, we would see these guys running up and down the highway. It was the cross-country team. And being the kid who didn't want to play run or die growing up, I remember looking out the car and saying, oh my gosh, 
I would never in a million years do that. And then it was like three, four years later, I, I was literally one of those guys running up and down the highway. Uh, but yeah, it can be scary. It can be intimidating. That's totally all right. So the next point that I want to get to is that there are nearly limitless ways that you can exercise. Try out different things. See what you like. So now we want to talk a little bit about what different people are doing here at the office. Right now, my primary things are strength training. I, I really enjoy just being strong and being able to move heavy weights and playing rugby. Rugby is a super fun game. Um, it's a joy to be able to play it, and I'm going to enjoy playing it as long as I possibly can. But we've got Cody, who's head of operations. Cody is a master yoga guy, right? He is amazing at yoga. He's taught it at a very high level. Um, but at the same time, he started getting into weightlifting. He really enjoys that too. It's a new thing for him, and he's having fun and getting strong as an ox. Uh, Katie has a background in track and field and basketball. Uh, back when women's pole vaulting really first started coming up in the U.S., especially at the high school level, um, she was somebody who was holding state records, and she's been an athlete and athletic her whole life. So her and I have very different backgrounds in that respect. Uh, Rocky, he played football in high school, and he's now really into bodybuilding. Um, if you see his Instagram, you'll see him hitting some poses that are pretty impressive. Uh, Jordan, he was a basketball guy coming up, and he's in the weightlifting now. Uh, Logan, he really likes endurance training, so like spin and lots of cycling and distance running and things of that manner. Uh, and Rich, just general conditioning at the gym. Like there's just all kinds of different ways that you can approach fitness, and there's no one right way to really do things. And if anybody's like, oh, you have to do X, Y, or Z, that's probably somebody that you're going to want to avoid taking advice from. Uh, just try, try all kinds of stuff. See what you like because there's no point doing something that you hate um, because, again, life is finite, so you should really enjoy it while you've got it. Um, but, yeah, try different things. See what you like. That's That's been my experience. Um, started out with nothing. That moved to a lot of distance running. Um, started, like, I was running 60 to 70 miles a week at the height of that. But then I had my fill of distance running. I was like, all right, I, I weigh 128 pounds graduating high school, let's, uh, let's, let's lift these weights. Let's get stronger. Let's apply the time consistency and effort formula and get better there. So then, uh, walked on to play football in college. And then after that did decathlon and track and field. Then after that got into rugby and then rugby and powerlifting and then just powerlifting and now just rugby and just, you know, rock climbing, done a little bit of CrossFit, like all these different things and just had fun with it. Because you get, you get one body to live life with, um, and that's actually part of the reason why we're called Avatar Nutrition is because your body is essentially the avatar that your brain uses to experience the world around you. And if you're being limited by your body, you're going to have a limited experience of life. So what you need to do is have your body be something that you can use to get the most out of your time on Earth, um, hence Avatar Nutrition. So again, point two. There's nearly limitless ways that you can exercise. So just try out different things. I mean, you might like your first exposure to any kind of fitness. I mean, it, it might be um, a friend who's into fitness shows and bodybuilding and stuff like that. And you try it out and you're like, ah, this is kind of boring. Maybe I'd rather do rock climbing. So then try it. Just like see how you like it. Go to a rock climbing gym. Start bouldering. Do the little uh, easy trails. Maybe you live somewhere where it's cold and you want to do cross-country skiing. Try that out. Um, you know, you could be somebody who's really into swimming. Uh, there's, again, there's just so many different things that you can do. Cause really 
anything where you're just moving your body through the world, playing a sport, that's exercise. You just want to just get your body up and moving. It's, it's so good for you, and you don't want to miss out on that. Um, so, yeah, nearly limitless ways that you can exercise. So try out different things. All right, so the third point that we're going to get to is look for where you can measure improvements in performance regardless of what you're doing. And to start things out, I'm going to dust out the nerd book and tell you the story of Milo of Croton. So the reason why Milo of Croton is important is because it's the first ever recorded example of progressive overload. And progressive overload is one of the principles of strength training or really any kind of training where you can just see improvement by adding volume, intensity, whatever over time in a controlled manner so you get better at things. So Milo was a pretty interesting guy. He's actually a historical figure, uh, lived in ancient Greece. He was a multi, multi-time Olympic champion. Yes, the Olympics were around before the ones we watched on TV. That's, that's where we get them from. Um, and he was also champions of other uh, local games between the Greek city-states. He was a great wrestler, great wrestler, but known for just being freakishly strong. Like, he would hold out his hands and challenge people to, like, bend his fingers back. Like, they couldn't even bend his fingers. The guy was... Uh, just crazy. But what he did was, and this is the legend, is that he he found this baby calf, right? Like a little baby cow. And he would hoist it up to his shoulders, right? Every single day. So as it was a baby, it was small, but each day, you know, keep drinking milk at first and start eating hay and whatever else little cows eat. And he would put it up on his shoulders. And so sure enough, that thing was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But over time, his body was acclimating to the weight and the legend has it that when this thing grew up to be a full-size bull, he was still able to put it on his shoulders. And so that's the perfect example of progressive overload. So imagine you want to apply the, the Milo of Croton philosophy to your deadlifting, right? So the first time that you do a deadlift, you might only be able to lift 55 pounds, right? But if you do 55 pounds, 55 pounds over and over and over again, and then do 60 pounds, and then 65 pounds, and then 70 pounds, you are progressively overloading that weight. And so all that is is just a measurement of improvements in performance over time. So if you're lifting weights, super straightforward on how you can measure improvements over time. Same thing with running, right? Running is one of the things that I have experience in, and we would track our mileage. So what we would do week to week is look at how many miles we're running. And so we would start to slowly build that up. And the more that you get comfortable to running longer distances, uh, and more miles per week, you just get better at it. So your 5K time, your 10K time, your marathon time, whatever you're running is steadily going to improve as your body acclimates to that type of training. Um, you like Even with things like uh, rugby, right? There's things that you can do to measure performance there. Uh, the beep test, which is a dreaded thing. And if anybody's like played soccer or rugby, you might be familiar with this. But what you do is you set up uh, cones 20 meters apart, and it's a shuttle run. And it's almost like a metronome. So every time that that metronome beeps, you're trying to hit the the line of 20 meters. And you go through different levels, and your intervals speed up in between the levels, and there's more shuttles in each level. And it's crazy, but it's a great way to measure your overall fitness. I mean, you could run the 40-yard dash, see what your time is there starting out. Do different exercises to improve your stride length and stride rate and get your 40 up. So there's all kinds of different things you could do, even in sports like rugby and football, um, you know, measure your vertical jump. If you're trying to be a better jumper, bouldering, start on the little, uh, I call them the bunny slopes, but I guess the, the bunny boulders, and then <laughs> progress up to the harder and more challenging routes. See how long you can just do a dead hang, right? 
So it's like hang from a pull-up bar. You can hang there for a minute. Great. Next time, try a minute and five seconds, minute and 10 seconds. You just get better at that. Um, even acro yoga, that's one of the more random things that I've tried, but it's, it's a lot of fun. And so <laughs> you might do your, your first little acro yoga poses and you're kind of okay at them, but the more times that you do it, you get better and then start progressively overloading um, new poses in there. Work with heavier partners. There's just different things you can do to get better at different things. Uh, my friend Kane, um, who's just, you know, hilarious guy, really funny. Um, he was a big inspiration to me early um, when I was kind of getting into fitness uh, towards the tail end of college. Cause I was like, Oh gosh, you know, I'm like 20, I'm 21 years old now. I'm getting so old. Like I'm, I'm past my prime. I guess I better hang everything up. But there's this video, uh, Miguel Valenzuela actually cut it together. Uh, it was called shred till dead. And at the time I think Kane was in his mid to late forties and was just in phenomenal shape. And he said, yeah, like I may not be able to squat bench press or deadlift as much as I used to, but there's other things that I can do now that I couldn't do then. So he's doing a lot of really cool stuff um, around calisthenics. Like he can do levers, which is where you lever your body up into a flat position on a pull-up bar and, and just hold it. And it looks really cool, but it's a great core workout. And um, every year he does this challenge where it'll be um, like a, a thousand pull-ups and he does it all in one go. The hands are crazy looking afterwards because as you can imagine, a thousand pull-ups is rough on you. Um, but yeah, like there's just so many different things that you can do and don't get stuck in, in one thing. And if you're really trying to see tangible improvements, just find things that you can measure. And that's going to bring me to the fourth point. Now we got five in total that we're going to get to, but my fourth point is that if you're feeling stuck in your routine, throw something new in there, mix things up, freshen them up, have fun with it. Right. Cause that's so much of the part of the training is that you really need to have fun and just make it an enjoyable experience. So just to kind of let you know what I mean here, when I got serious in the powerlifting, I was competing at raw nationals and all that other stuff. By the time that I finished, I was burned out because I was just all that I did. I was only thinking about squat, bench, deadlift, squat, bench, deadlift all the time. Just those three lifts and accessory stuff over and over and over again. And um, just pushing myself that hard and that, that repetitively um, it, it just started to get me burned out. And what got me back into the love of training and the love of fitness was reawakening my love for rugby. So when I moved out here to Austin with the rest of the company, um, I found a team out here, the Austin Huns started playing with them. And that first training, I was so sore because I hadn't played rugby in almost three years. So I hadn't moved my body like that. I hadn't run around. I hadn't felt impact. And I was laying in my bed just like, oh, my knees. I was like, my knees hurt so much. I had muscles that I forgot I had that were sore. I mean, even just moving my foot from the accelerator to the brake in my car driving back, I could barely do it. But I was like, you know what? That was kind of fun. I was like, this is, this is what training feels like. This is what improvement feels like. And after a few weeks of practice, my body started to reacclimate. And I was, I was a little bit worried. I was like, uh-oh, is the rust ever going to come off? But, but sure enough, it did. And... And that really inspired me to get back into the gym too and just start training for performance. And that was fun. Like it was really good to get back into that. And the irony of it all, right? Because I wasn't worried about trying to stay in this 83 kilo weight class was that I could focus on improving my health, improving my overall strength in general, 
And as a result, my squat, my bench, and my deadlift are actually at a point where they're higher now than they were when I ended competing in powerlifting. I mean, granted, I built some lean body mass and I'm heavier, but I'm also not trying to force myself to stay at a relatively low body weight for my height. Um, so I'm walking around now in the low 200s, so around like 203, 204, 205 when I wake up in the morning. And when I was competing, I was at 83 kilos, which is about 181 pounds. So I'm about 20 pounds heavier, stronger, happier, healthier, fitter, faster, all these great things, and just loving life. Um, so just something else to think about is if you're starting to get diminishing returns in whatever you're doing, if you find something else that you can work on and have faster gains, it can help keep you motivated. So imagine that you've just been pushing yourself, pushing yourself, pushing yourself with like marathon training, but you've never done yoga before. So you can start working out in a yoga class, taking those yoga classes, and in your first day, your poses are going to suck. Like you're not going to be good at them. Your mobility might not be great. Your range of motion might not be great. But if you keep showing up to them, you're going to get those beginner gains because it's a totally different thing than your body's used to. So even though you're near the top of whatever you're doing with your marathon training, you're going to get this motivation from getting better at yoga. And there really could be carryover. So if I'm actually considering doing a powerlifting meet for fun, you know, maybe doing a slight weight cut, weight class cut to get like the 93 kilos because I'm just competitive like that. But I'm like, you know what? My numbers are actually stacking up and I've been training with zero equipment at all. So just really looking forward to seeing what could happen there. And the most important thing to take away from it is it's fun. Like that twinkle is back in my eye when it comes to lifting weights. Um, that had totally gone away by the end of powerlifting. Um, but now it's like, you know what? I think this might be something that's just outright fun to do. And the fifth point that I want to bring up is, and this is specific to resistance training, um, it does have a lot of hidden benefits. So one of the first ones that I really like is more lean body mass on your frame means that it takes more calories to maintain it. So if you had two people that weighed 200 pounds, right? but one of them is 10% body fat at 200, the other's 30% body fat. The guy who's 10% body fat, if they both walked one mile, will have burned more calories because there's more um, metabolically active, energy-demanding tissue that's sucking up oxygen and burning calories as a result. Um, so yeah, the more lean body mass that you have in your frame, just going throughout your life is going to take more calories to maintain it. And Many of us, I know some people don't like it, but many of us, including myself, like to eat. I enjoy food. I live in Austin, Texas. There's plenty of good stuff to eat here. My family lives in New Orleans. There's plenty of good stuff to eat there. So I know that we live in a world where calories are abundant, and I get to enjoy more of those calories on a day-to-day -day basis and maintain my body weight and maintain my performance because I have a lot of lean body mass and I move around a lot. So it's just fun. So the more lean body mass, more calories it takes to maintain. Uh, back when I was running cross country and doing no resistance training, I was all slow twitch muscle, very efficient, very low resting heart rate, all these different things. Yeah, great cardiovascular health, um, but I basically looked like some bones that somebody hung, a, like a, they like draped skin over. It really was just like skin and bones. And um, if, if not for all that running that I was doing, um, I probably would have put on a lot of weight because I was eating a lot, a lot of pasta back then. Um, but yeah, the more lean body mass that you have, more calories is going to take to maintain it. Another fun thing that you get from lifting weights is increased bone density. And so with increased bone density, and that again, that carries throughout your life, 
you're much or much lower risk for things like osteopenia, right? So bone degeneration as people get older, um, you know, older folks in nursing homes, one of the most dangerous things they can have is falls. Falls and broken bones can be very dangerous, but that increased bone density is going to help you out throughout the course of your life. I mean, you could slip and fall on a wet road. You could get in an auto accident. There's plenty of things where having dense bones can really help you out. Um, and resistance training is a great way to, to boost up your bone density. Uh, strong muscles, they'll help protect your joints. So that's one of the fun things about the musculoskeletal system is that it's a system. The things work together. They're, they're synergistic. So the stronger the muscles around your joints are, they're going to support them. So if you step in a hole out in a field or you step off a curb funny, having those strong muscles um, like your, your vastus medialis, right? That's that uh, teardrop-shaped muscle on the bottom of your quad by your knee that helps keep your ACL stable. There's a lot of neat things about um, just, just having strength throughout your muscles that are going to help you out in everyday life. And then finally, there's a, a quote that I like from Chris Pontius. So if you ever watch the show Wild Boys or the old school jackass, uh, he was one of those guys. But he said, there's nothing wrong with being strong. That's the truth. So uh, just keep in mind, resistance training, lots of benefits. But there's a gajillion different ways to exercise. And you really ought to dip your toe in the water of each of them. Just see how you like the temperature. And I hope that you took something useful away from this episode and always remember that your fitness journey is something that will literally span the course of your entire life. Your body, your interests, your abilities are constantly evolving as you go through life. Embrace it and use your body as the avatar for your brain to experience the world around you and all the awesome things that it has to offer. Hey, if it's dark when you listen to this, I want you to have a great night. And if it's light, have an awesome day. I love sharing with all of you and thank you so much for listening.